0: It is time to stop reading other people's success stories. I say that every week and start writing your own. I always tell people you hear about gifts, you hear about passion. I tell people leave with your gifts and don't let your age, friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. All my interviews I bring on money-making conversations are for you. I invite celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and people I like to call industry decision makers. My next guest is a combination of celebrity, entrepreneur. She's definitely an industry decision maker, Denise Williams. She's one of the youngest real estate brokerage owners in the United States. She's a multi-million dollar top producing real estate agent and has the largest black woman owned real estate brokerage in Atlanta with over 60 60 agents on her team. Denise is also the Chief Information Officer for the Wrap Snacks Corporation in partnership with Master P. She recently launched an online academy to mentor into entrepreneurship called the CEO Owner Academy to show entrepreneurs how to transition from working as a CEO to retiring as an owner through marketing, automation, and systems. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation for her very first time, and she's looking fantastic. She's looking like an angel, <laughs> Ms. Denise Williams. How you doing, Denise?
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I appreciate well, that.
0: F- first of all, you know we're in the era of coming out of we we coming out of COVID. You know, mm-hmm. we may we no I shouldn't say that the the rules have changed of COVID. You know, because we are, it seems like right. we're going to exist with COVID throughout at least my lifetime because they're talking about booster shots you have to get annually like right. the flu shots and things like that. Uh, the first out of the box you experienced 2020 like all people were shocked like all people but somehow the real estate industry was still booming during COVID. Yes. talk to me about that
1: absolutely so it was definitely a shock um you know no one really anticipated what COVID would bring uh to our lives right but with real estate we really had an incredible year with regards to real estate one of the main drivers for that was the fact that interest rates were at such an all-time low. I mean, there were so many buyers that were able to enter the market and get, you know, less than 3% interest rate on their homes. And then those who already owned homes were able to use the refinancing programs in order to get even lower interest rates than what they currently had. So because of that, there was such a rush of people wanting to buy uh, that really just increased the purchase prices, brought things through the roof. On top of the fact that I'm here in Atlanta, where, you know, we make social media, because of social media, it looks like the best place on earth, which I'm biased because I live here. I think it is the best place on earth to live. And so we have such an influx of people who are coming and relocating here uh, to experience some of this Black excellence, to experience the culture and just the energy of the city. So our purchase prices are going through the roof.
0: Really, uh, not only just in Atlanta, I know my wife is in Houston and she was selling uh, her, her mom's home. And uh, the asking price was like one hundred and seventy thousand dollars. She sold for over two hundred thousand dollars, and yes. she and it wasn't because she was raising the price. It became a bidding war. It was like yes. it was like the home. I, I'll be honest with you. The home was not it's just a nice little patio home, single story. Mm-hmm. You know, nondescript community neighborhood in Houston, Texas, mm-hmm. and um, it was just she had like fourteen buyers. Like within three weeks, what is creating this shortage? It's
1: incredible how many buyers were overbidding on properties. I have buyers now that are not even asking for closing costs. That's almost unheard of right now in our market. Uh, The appraised values aren't always coming in, but you have buyers now paying the difference between what's being lended to them and that appraised value, in order to get into these
0: homes. Well, you get these titles. You know, uh, one of the youngest uh, real estate brokerage owners in the United States. You know, and you can get those financial numbers attached to you, so people expect certain things from you. Multi-million dollar deal closer, and your woman owned. So let's talk yes. about the youth, for the youth part of your, of your career right now, and how the benefits of it, and also the building that experience and respect level.
1: Absolutely. So when I became a real estate broker, I was pretty young and there weren't many other women or black women, especially that I could really look at and get experience from. So being a pioneer comes with a lot, uh, especially when you're a black woman. Mm -hmm. So I had to really just say within myself that, you know what? It doesn't matter if other people have paved the way for me in order to do this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. What's the worst that could happen, you know? And so it's been the best decision that I could have made, Uh, being able to inspire other women of color to now start other brokerages, even within my own team, having some of those agents to create teams under my brokerage or branching out and starting their own. So it's been a beautiful journey to be able to make that decision and make that happen. Um, On the flip side of it, because you don't necessarily have a roadmap, you have to go through the trials and tribulations on your own. You know, I've had, you know, I've lost a ton of money Uh, This is actually my second brokerage because the first brokerage that I had, I went into partnership with someone and it wasn't a good fit. Didn't work out. So you have to go through a lot of trials and error, uh, lose a lot of money and then still keep going if it's something that you really, really, truly want to do.
0: Okay, so. The, uh, the next question is, being that you're a female, like I said, you're young, you're African-American, mm-hmm. and then the fact that you've already publicly admitted in this interview that, guess what? There are going to be some hiccups, and some of those hiccups are going to cost you money. Yeah. How do you overcome that? Was it tied to not having a budget, uh, tied to not going into business with the right person? What mm-hmm. What made you stumble on that first that made you also say, I won't stumble like that again?
1: Absolutely. So the biggest thing is I didn't take my time in doing my due diligence. So what I encourage people to do is when you decide to start a business, of course, you're going to do due diligence on the industry. You're going to research, you know, how it can be profitable and things of that nature. But when you're talking about actually starting with a partner, you need to do due diligence on that as well, because that's essentially also a marriage. So the same way you would date someone and you want to know their background, you want to know what their parents are like, you want to know their credit score, you want to know what their personality is. You have to also take that same approach in business and do a lot of due diligence before you sign your name on a dotted line with someone, because if you don't, you can end up, again, losing a business, missing out on a lot of time and a lot of money because you chose to jump at an opportunity um, more quickly than you should have.
0: Now that's really good good notes and thank you for telling my, my listeners and mm-hmm. also as my viewers about this because we're now airing on um, AIB TV in the Atlanta market um, on oh, Comcast know. 295 two million homes are watching us weekly on Thursday nights. The show premieres at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I want to just tell you this, Denise, when I, when I look at you I look at a talented person, but you know I just read some nice credits about you, you know that they sent over to me. Who are you?
1: Who am I? So me personally, I am obviously a real estate broker here in Atlanta, but more on a personal level, I am a mother. Uh, Before anything, I think that's the most powerful title that I've ever had uh, to a son named Destin, who's actually the co-owner in my business. And one of the things I want to encourage the listeners out there, especially parents, is that you need to make sure that you're taking your children along the journey. So one of the things that I do with my son is I don't actually make any decisions in my business without his approval. He gets to see every commission check that I earn. He helps me to hire and to fire uh, he gives me his opinion on things of that nature because I think that it's so important that we stop being just first generation millionaires or first business owners in our family or first this and first that. at some point we have to start leaving a legacy where our children are second and third and fourth generations to the businesses that we've created. So personally, I'm just so driven by legacy and just teaching not only my students in my CEO owner academy how to become, Owners, but also in my very own household. So that's something that I'm personally very passionate
0: about. Now, being a member of a, a very powerful sisterhood, uh, the Ladies of Delta Sigma Theta, and being, come, on now, DSD. Come, on, come on now, DST, come on, come on now. I'm a proud member of Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated. So, again, uh, the blessings are we have a certain uh, lineage as they say which it runs back to the fraternity and sorority but that helps having that relationship that you can turn to sisters who trust who want you to have that upwardly mobile mobile uh, concept in life and also Mm -hmm. are pushing you with relationships that you can count on I think that really helped you as well and I want to talk about the value of relationships as it is with your with your sorority but also in life because you got to have relationships to win
1: Absolutely. So with regard to being in a sorority, it was a beautiful experience to be able to join Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. It was absolutely amazing. In fact, my first real estate transaction back in 2012 when I got my license was one of my line sisters. So that was the (laughs) benefit of like actually being in a sorority because You can be honest with them, right? You can tell them it's your first time and they're going to be patient with you and they're going to give you that opportunity versus really going out with a stranger and taking them through the process and making a lot of mistakes. So I really uh, appreciate my line sister for being willing to do that and to trust me in that process, uh, being that it was my very first transaction. And as far as just relationships across the board, relationships are going to get you indoors that money can't buy, And I tell people that all the time, like you have to appreciate relationships with people and never play the short game. You always want to make sure that when you're thinking about business, especially in a service-based industry, never think about someone as a transaction. Never think about that as just a one-time, a one-hit wonder, if you will. Because you're not only servicing that person, they're watching you to be able to service their friends and their family. So especially in the real estate business, you want to have a repeat, and referral business. That's the only way that you can make it through.
0: Okay, let's go let's uh you're an attractive woman. And so we're in a business where Thank people can only see you for being attractive, but you're also a businesswoman. So yep. how do you make sure people understand who you are? Who's Denise Williams is? You're about business. Don't let the clothes fool you. Don't let the makeup fool you. Don't let the hair fool you. That's right. A, this, you know, because some people try, try to blend that, try to make it mm-hmm. make your your calls or make the business deals you're trying to close to be more than what it really is. Yep. How do you make that define that line about? Business is business. I respect me for doing biz- good business.
1: All right, so that's an incredible question. I actually never been asked that question before. So one of the things that I take pride in is respect myself on social media. I'm not going to show a lot of skin on social. Media. I'm sure that people are looking at me as a business person, as a professional, be both in personal and professional lifestyles. If you're showing people one thing and you're portraying something, then they're going to try you. Uh, that's just the nature of what it is. And even with regard to conversation, you want to make sure that you're keeping all of your conversations about business. If you find that you're working with a client who is taking that conversation uh, to the left field, then you want to check it at that time. You don't want to go down that rabbit hole and entertain it and kiki with this person because... Number one, you have to make sure that you're protecting your reputation, especially as you elevate in the stage that I'm at in business. It's going to be even more important for me to make sure that people aren't saying the wrong things about me mm-hmm. and how I've been able to get to where I am.
0: Well, it's important because right now uh, you uh, have like 60 agents that under your yes. uh, business umbrella. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. You're doing something that I can't do. Okay. I People say, well, it was, what? because it's a unique thought process. You have to, yeah. you have to be patient. One thing, you have to be patient. You have to be mm-hmm. knowledgeable of the, uh, of the trends. You have to be like a, a on your feet accountant or, or because yes. people ask you numbers all the time. What really got you into the business, you know, and, mm-hmm. of being in real estate? Because you, your degree was in finance out of Valdosta, right? hmm yes. Okay, so that had, that didn't say anything about real estate. So mm-hmm. how did you make the shift to this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So when I graduated with a degree in finance from Badassah State University, I went the corporate route. I went into a position that I felt was one of the, probably the worst jobs I've ever had. <laughs> and the reason being is not because it was corporate, right? It was because I was actually in an industry where I wasn't helping my culture. I was actually hurting my culture. It was for a title pond company. So I felt like I checked all the boxes with regards to going to college. You know, I pledged in a sorority. I had a high GPA. I, you know, joined honor societies, did community service. But for whatever reason, I still couldn't find a job that was professional, in my opinion. And so I had to find a way to get out of that. And so in doing research, you know, when I looked at millionaires and billionaires, I realized that all of them had their hands in real estate Whether they were investing, whether they were owning, whatever the case may be. And I'm like, wow, okay, if I know that that is where I want to go, then I need to duplicate the system, right? So I decided to look into real estate. And I was also a single mother at the time. And I needed a job that was gonna give me flexibility with regard to my schedule. And I also don't like people telling me what to do. And in telling me what to do, if (laughs) someone could come to me as my boss and say, well, you're only worth this X amount of dollars per year. I just didn't like that. I wanted to be in an industry that I could choose and dictate what my worth and income could be. And so real estate checked all the boxes, um, especially with being able to be my own boss. You know, I've always wanted to become an entrepreneur. I love helping people. And I think this industry matches me perfectly.
0: Well, I'm going to tell you something. I bought several homes in my life. You Mm -hmm. go to that title company. And they give that piece of, I shouldn't say piece of paper, that book to sign, which I don't know what's in there. I just, they say sign, sign, yes. sign, sign. I just start signing because Lord knows I don't know what I'm signing. Yeah. What is in that thick piece of closing paperwork? Can you help my brother out? Help my viewers out, <laughs> but listen, because we just signing and trusting yes. our broker, our real estate agent to get us through because the title person, we don't know. That's just right. a company that you work with on a regular basis. They have their set fees. You have to yep. have them to close or, to close on your home. What is that thick piece of paper that I've signed more than six <laughs> times in my life and still don't know what I'm signing?
1: Absolutely. So we have a running joke in real estate <laughs> where it's like, you know, make sure you bring up extra hands to closing because you're going to have to have so many different documents that you're going to be signing. So that's a great question. Uh, Most of those documents are gonna be documents from your lender. They're gonna make sure, so one of the misconceptions is that when you're purchasing a home, the closing attorney is working on your behalf as a buyer. And that's not the case. The closing attorney actually works for the lender. So all of those documents are lender, most of those documents rather are lender documents. So that lender is making sure that you're not only telling them over the phone and sending documents that you are who you say you are, but you're actually signing in writing to state that what you gave them is in fact true. Mm-hmm. They're also making you sign documents that are gonna make sure you understand the details of your loan so that later on, you can't say, well, I didn't know that my amortization schedule was gonna do this or I was actually paying double for the home in this way and that way. So I encourage you to look at the amortization schedule before you sign so that you have a clear understanding of what you're actually gonna be paying back over 30 years. You're also gonna be looking over what we call an alter statement which actually breaks out all the costs and fees that you're paying at closing. So some of those fees are going to be your closing costs. So the closing attorney's fees, your prorated taxes, you are, they're going to escrow your homeowner's insurance policy, things like that. All of those things have to be outlined at closing in order to protect you and the lender when you sign. Whew.
0: Thank you, <laughs> brother. Naka. what well, I do look at the amortization, amortization, because I want to know what I'm paying. I will tell you, I do yes. that. I do look at the sheet that tells me the taxes, what fees being there, what the yes. percentage of the of the uh, of the loan is going to be. Because I've been fortunate, I have paid off all my loans ahead of time, and I've also awesome. there is an advantage you know, to even, doing that. Even correct. That.
1: Most loans nowadays don't have a prepayment penalty, so if you are a buyer out there, then it's awesome. You can definitely pay your loan back early by making additional payments throughout the month, Uh, but most people, what they look at is just that cost to buyer uh, line, which is at the bottom saying how much you need to actually bring to closing. But I encourage you to also double check and make sure that any credits that you were supposed to receive throughout the process, especially from a seller, if they said that they were going to contribute, say $10,000 towards your closing costs, you want to make sure you're getting credit for that at closing. There have been issues and errors, no one's perfect, right, where sometimes you might close and you didn't actually get the credit that you were supposed Mm -hmm. to. So that's why it's very important that you work with a realtor that's going to double check those documents for you to make sure that you're not overpaying something that you shouldn't have been paying in the first place.
0: Well, Ms. Williams, let's let's go to this question here. I bought a building in Atlanta Mm -hmm. last year and I bought homes. What is the difference? Uh, Do you do commercial as well as uh, residential? And what is the difference between residential being a residential realtor and a commercial realtor?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I primarily service residential clientele. Um, I've done a few commercial transactions. I've actually just become a part of the ULI uh, REIT program where I'm learning more about commercial real estate, because unfortunately, it's one of those industries that we don't really have access to. It is a very tight-knit type Mm -hmm. of field, uh, but it's something that I'm not going to allow to be an excuse for me. So I am diving headfirst into commercial real estate this year. Um, Now, with regard to the difference, one of the misconceptions about commercial real estate is that you actually need a separate license to be a commercial realtor. That's not true. When you get your real estate license, you're, you're licensed to sell all real property. So that means buildings, houses, lands, uh, anything that is real estate related. So I think because they've done such a good job of marketing them separately, a lot of agents never think that they can actually learn or sell commercial real estate. So I'm so excited that you actually took a stab at it and purchased commercial real estate, because even as business owners, a lot of times we don't look at, okay, well, how can I own a building? A lot of times we'll just look at, okay, I want to fix and flip a property or I want to buy a house, you know, to add to my portfolio. But I encourage the listeners to think about being a commercial landlord. You can own a commercial building and have tenants paying rent the same way you can own a house and have tenants paying rent. So don't box yourself in and think that you only need to buy residential real estate. When commercial real estate can be even more lucrative, depending on what you
0: purchase. Absolutely. Now you're more than as they say. She's more than a real estate agent. She's more than a brokerage. Now, do you have a building? You know, you have an office, or are you virtual? When I see the when I see sixty agents, are there sixty agents located in one location, or they through virtual? They coming in out of the office? Are there is there a building someplace with your name on it, Denise? Yes, it is.
1: So. After COVID, we t- we've taken a hybrid approach. I've had an office space since I started my business. We actually just moved out of Buckhead into the West End, which is an amazing up-and-coming area uh, at the Metropolitan Loss. The reason I left Buckhead, not it wasn't anything bad. It was just that I think culturally, it's going to be a better fit for us to be in the West End because of the growth. And then also, in my new space, I'm able to have more of a creative environment. So we're actually located at 680 Murphy Avenue, Southwest in Atlanta, 30310. And in this new space, we're actually gonna have a full kitchen. I'm in my build out phase right now, so I'm so excited about it. We're gonna have a full kitchen so that when clients close with my company, they're able to actually get a chef's sponsored dinner. Uh, at certain price points, we're creating an experience for our clientele right there in office. Uh, we have a training room. And then we also are gonna have my favorite part, which is a marketing studio. Because as you know, marketing is the number one way to grow any business. So my agents are going to actually have the opportunity to come into the office, get photo shoots done, create content. If they want to start a YouTube channel, they can do so right in office. If they want to do a podcast, they'll be able to do so in office. So we'll have a dressing room for them to change. And it's just going to be a whole vibe. And so that's why I had to transition and move to a, a bigger space uh and then also more of a creative space. I'm going to
0: start calling you Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood, Denise Williams. Come on now. you so need to shoot,
1: you know, call me. I'll
0: let you be the marketing studio. Come on now. But I, I, I love that because, first of all, you are you are Chief Information Officer for the Rap Snacks Corporation in partnership with my boy, Master P. Tell us yes. about that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, that has been a life-changing experience for me to be a part of the Snacks organization. So shout out to Master P, to James Lindsay, who's the owner of Snacks, as well as Wise Intelligent, for giving me this opportunity. They've trusted me to not only partner with me, but to also help them with several different initiatives under their umbrella. So one of the things that I'm working on with them is actually the Buyer Our Blocks uh, Incubator, which is going to teach individuals how to purchase their very first property, as well as an investment home, so it's it's an extremely beneficial program that'll be rolling out this year.
0: Well, it's great, and I want to close talking about your uh, your mentoring academy called a uh, C yes. Owner CEO Owner, which uh, we just entrepreneurs how to transition because that's a problem people transitioning mm-hmm. out of uh, one level to the next, or another job yes. to the next, or being a forty-hour week person and not they want to be an entrepreneur. Tell us about mm-hmm. C Owner Academy.
1: So this CEO Owner Academy is something that's so near and dear to my heart. It's actually something that I've been wanting to do for over a year now. And the premise of the Academy is to teach uh, aspiring and current entrepreneurs how to grow and scale their business. I think that a lot of people want to be CEOs. They want to own their own business. But why is it that they don't think beyond that? Because to me, by definition, if you look up, you Google CE Owner, I mean, CEO, then you're still an employee of an organization, even if that means it's your organization. So that doesn't mean freedom. That still means that you have to pick up the phone when people call you. You still can't leave and go on vacation without your laptop. So my goal is to teach people to not just stop there. Don't just say, okay, I have a CEO title and now I've made it. Let's think about how you actually retire as an owner because in my space, I would never be able to call, You know, if you work for Keller Williams, you can't call Gary Keller. He's been able to implement systems and automation that allow him to make money without actually being present. And especially in our culture, I think it's important that we stop working until 65, 70, 80, even if it's within our own business and really learn systems that are going to allow us true freedom, because that's what I'm working so hard for. The money is going to come as a byproduct of my hard work and the way that I treat people. But freedom is going to come by intention, by systems and automation. And those are the things that I teach in my academy.
0: You know, the interesting thing about it, people always look at me and uh, my wife always say, you, you you, you, spend more time at your office than you spend at home. I, well, I, l- <laughs> I love my home, but I also love my office, you know. And yes. I think that you, what you're creating at the new location, it's going to be a place where you got a kitchen there. So you want to go in the refrigerator and get you something. You want to make yes. your own breakfast at the office, you can do that. Uh, uh, you know, if you want to bake something, you're just creating an, a vibe for yourself. And you're and yes. you're changing the rules. Because yes. that when I bought this building, I, that was one of the things. I wanted a full kitchen in it. I wanted a full kitchen. Awesome. I come in. My, I, my staff know they got their own refrigerator. I've re, rebuilt out the basement where they have their own refrigerator, dishwasher, their nice. own food and all that stuff. So they come up my kitchen my refrigerator we got a problem. because i told y'all <laughs> don't go in my refrigerator now because i got <laughs> so so make sure you get their refrigerator and your refrigerator okay because you don't want everybody right, that's go, actually
1: a good point that's i'm just telling point. you
0: now i'm just telling you right now hollywood i'm just telling you right now hollywood how you got to be now and then, <laughs> now then I'm Where's just, my
1: invite you have me on the computer i want to come to your
0: building oh don't, don't worry you're gonna come by because i like you i like you i, I, I want to invite you. because because see i always enjoyed this the format that I've created called Money Making Conversation because I learn about people, I, educate I get educated about the process because yeah. I know a lot. But like so many other people, I'm just going through the motions. I'm going through the motions when I buy homes. I know somebody guided me through purchasing this building. I really don't know what I signed, but I got the right lawyer and I got the right person I've known for many years who did the commercial loan for me and found the building. So I was in good hands. But there's Mm -hmm. a lot of people that are not in good hands. And that's why I'm talking to you. I, I feel you're one of those in good hands people. When they come to you, there's no agenda. It's about business. It's about getting the best deal for yes. the, for your client and the client being the person who wants to buy the house and your future buy the commercial building cuz you getting into that business. So, but I also that's- see a dominant amount of people in the commercial side that don't look like you. And that's where I want that's why I brought that up because we out there dominating, rehabbing homes and selling homes mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm tell you something: you get a building, a $15, 20 million dollar building, forty million dollar building. You know, that's that'll keep you busy for a couple of years with that commission. That's life
1: changing. <laughs> that is life changing, and that's the route that I'm going because people don't think about it. But if you, uh, even with commercial leasing, this is something that people don't know: when you lease a commercial space for a client you actually get paid what they call first and four. Mm -hmm. So you get paid the first month's rent and then you get four or 5% of the lease amount for the life of the the lease. So if that's a 10 year lease, you're getting residuals for 10 years based on your, you know, for your commission. Mm -hmm. And so I think that agents have to really start to think about like, okay, do I just want something real quick or do I want some life-changing money? And that's why I'm pivoting more into that space because I'm like, You know, we only have one house that's the most expensive house on the market right now is worth $15.5 million on the residential side. Right. I mean, that's a baby building on the commercial side. Yes. So if you really think about it, it's like, okay, it may take me a year or two to get a commission check for $30, $40 million. But so what?
0: You know, uh, we
1: have to think bigger. And that's some of the things that I'm exposing my team to. And that's why I'm so grateful to have been selected into this REAP program, because I'm learning so much about commercial real estate. And it's actually geared toward putting more diversity in the space. So it's a really, really phenomenal opportunity.
0: Well, you you know, you know, you know you're in the right place and you know, in the, in the right city. Uh, black excellence yes. does does uh, excel in this particular market. Now, I just wanted to bring on the show, Denise. I heard a lot of great things about you. My boy Ash thank Cash you. was just screaming, screaming the blessings of Denise Williams. He's a phenomenal person. You got to put on your show, You got to put oh, on your thank show. thank you so much. And, but more importantly, what he didn't tell me that I was going to be meeting Hollywood, Denise Hollywood, <laughs> he didn't tell me about that. I got to bring Hollywood by my crib over here so we can eat some food upstairs <laughs> and stuff like that. But thank you for coming on Money Making Conference. You're fantastic. Thank uh, you for we're definitely going to, offline, I definitely want to connect with you. And just, just you know, like I said, I, my whole life, I built this brand to mentor, I built this brand to just thank have people in a position because I've been very successful in so many lanes in my life. But more importantly, being able to share that success, that knowledge. I don't want no mm-hmm. checks. God has given me the checks I need. And it's yes. called relationship. So again, thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations.
1: Thank you for having me. I had such a blast. Thank
0: you. <laughs> thank you. And if you want to see or watch or hear any of my Money Making Conversation interviews, please go to MoneyMakingConversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host.